Joe Burrow is about to become one of, one of, he'll be the highest paid, the richest man in the NFL. He's, that's going to happen soon. That's going to happen soon. Saquon Barkley's still trying to get a long-term contract and, and Hopkins is subtly inching his way toward, you know, get me out of Arizona, but I'm trying to look like a team player. He's dropping one thing, one moment. Another comment that goes the other direction, another moment. It's back and forth with Hopkins, but I do ultimately believe Hopkins will be gone uh, at some point, whether it's a, a midseason trade, whether it's a trade before week one. We'll have to see how that plays out. The fantasy football show begins right now, so file on in. Hit that like button. Live from the fantasyfootballshow.com studios, it's the fantasy football show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. From the fantasyfootballshow.com news desk, here is your breaking news. So we've got a a lot of news to cover, but instead of just hitting some of these items, we're going to talk about the fantasy football outlooks for the players as, as we talk about each one of them. So when we talk about Burrow, we're going to talk about what our expectation is for Burrow in 2023 and beyond from a dynasty perspective as well. Of course, we'll hit both angles. First in the building was D-Class, Travis, Melvin, uh, Yusuf, Axe, Logan, the Ryan, Nathan. Appreciate you all being here. Frank, all all, uh, all the, the crew just filing on and appreciate that. Hit that thumb up button on your way in the door. Uh, Joe Burrow is about to become the highest paid player in the NFL. That's going to happen really, really soon. We keep hearing little uh, little pieces of information dropping left and right that this is in motion. This is going to happen. Um, they do want to get this thing done and out of the way. And Joe Burrow, th- the thing about this, and one reason why we talk about this, because we all know this is, this is going to happen. It's almost not news at this point. But this is a, a, a time in fantasy where, we're seeing Joe Burrow get ranked in a crazy, crazy context, like in, in too low. When we look at Joe Burrow in a in a this is a mock above the uh, three best friends, um, a wolf pack that we've been talking about. We'll get to the wolf pack in a second, but when you're drafting a scenario like this and Joe Burrow is falling to round four, sometimes top of round five, you're staring at a league winning approach, a week, a a, a league winning formula. A league-winning formula that no one can touch. You're getting a quarterback that is an early-round quarterback that should be in round two with Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, which is where those guys typically go now. Early quarterback, hey, Schmitty, remember two, three years ago? You don't draft a quarterback early, Schmitty. Yeah, you will. You will. You'll start getting on board, Bob, because early quarterback is actually a thing. Now the whole world's talking about it. Now the whole world's doing it. Three quarterbacks have round two value in 2023, which is crazy considering the the pushback we got on this strategy, this crazy strategy of wasting your second round pick. Uh, We still hear people run their mouth about how, oh, you should draft a quarterback late. You should draft a quarterback late. You should draft a quarterback early. You should draft a middle round quarterback. It all depends on the flow of draft. There is no set plan. There's no set plan. It's best player available every time. Every time people that say there's no, there's a set plan of attack 
on anything in fantasy before they walk into their draft. You can have loose base plans, like small ideas you want to deploy. But anybody that says you should have this set plan here, go running back, running back, go robust RB, go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, which we love, but you can't just plan to do it. If anybody says plan to do it, this is how you should do it. You should only go late running back. Anybody that has a set plan of attack without any kind of ability to uh, uh, navigate around the waters of the trade flow or the, the, the flow of draft should be taking a lot. Flow of draft is everything. Now, why am I talking about this? Why am I talking about this right now? Well, I was trying to emphasize that Joe Burrow, before I, I sidetracked myself, Joe Burrow is a fourth or fifth rounder. What do we know about when, when players are in the news? When a player like Joe Burrow inks a big fat contract, what's going to happen to his ADP? It's going to climb. It's going to climb. Why is it going to climb? Because people are fickle. It's going to climb because people, they get reminded, hey, this guy's good. This guy's good. If he's the highest paid player in the NFL, that must mean something. And a lot of uh, unaware ungers are going to go into their draft with one thing on their mind. Joe Burrow is the highest paid player in the National Football League. Maybe I should be drafting him alongside of Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. So my whole point is you're doing best ball drafts, underdog fantasy promo code Smitty. Right? You're doing all these right now. You're doing these with me. We're taking advantage. And if you want to draft on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, at midnight Eastern, you want to get to the link in the description or enter promo code Smitty or click this link right here that I'm about to drop right now on you because this is what it's about. On Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're doing the live drafts. I just dropped, dropped the link right now. It's in the description of every video. Code Smitty does it as well. Um, they'll match up to $100 in your first deposit. deposit. Um, we're, we're getting Joe Burrow in round four and five. We're getting, listen to the words coming out of my mouth because they're league-winning words. We're getting Joe Burrow in round four and five right now. I I don't, I can't emphasize enough how unlikely this is going to be after Joe Burrow's big contract is announced because people are fickle. Fickle Freddy. Fickle Freddy. Unaware Unger. Bob. All of these individuals that don't know what time it is, they look at Joe Burrow's falling ADP, which is head-scratching to me, but I don't care. I don't ask questions. I just let you know what I see, and what I see is a league winner. What I see is an early quarterback that goes in round two that's falling to round four. I see an early quarterback that someone grabbed on accident. Somebody accidentally, they misfiled where Joe Burrow's ADP is. Somebody at the ADP office misfiled Joe Burrow. And they dropped him. They did an oopsie. We did an oopsie. Oopsie. We dropped Joe Burrow in round four and five. We don't know why. We don't know how. We don't know how long it's going to last. But oopsie on us. The ADP department, the department of, of average draft position data, has accidentally dropped Joe Burrow a... Early round quarterback in round two. They dropped him in round four. We don't know how long it's going to last. But when someone says don't go early quarterback, you say fine. I won't. I'll go middle round quarterback with an early round quarterback named Joe Burrow. This will not last. It will not last. It will not last. This will not last. 
Joe Burrow in round four will not last. And if he doesn't climb out of round four, he will climb to the top of round four. Take advantage. Draft him all day long, as long as you can. As soon as his contract's announced, people are going to be reminded because they're fickle. Fickle Freddies and unaware Ungers are going to be like, oh, I guess he's good. He's on my mind now, so I guess if, if he's good enough to be the number one quarterback in the NFL payment-wise, maybe he should be going at the top of round three. So get ready for that unfortunate move of ADP data. Saquon Barkley, as I mentioned, is still trying to get his contract done. There's there's still movement there. And you got to think this team is wanting to keep him happy. He is not happy. They're trying to win games. He wants his deal, understandably so, because he's getting older. Every running back has a four- to six-year shelf life. And you're lucky if you're on that six-end, that six-year, seven-year. It's just almost, it, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine Saquon Barkley playing at an elite level for seven years. But just so four to four to five year shelf life is what you got to expect. You got to expect to get into that contract before you start seeing any hint of decline. And Barkley can't afford to go play through an elite season, put his body on the line, prove to people he's worth it. Because if he doesn't deliver, he's not going to get the payday. So he has to go out there and literally risk his health trying to put together a season that's going to warrant a big fat contract. He wants to get signed so he doesn't have to try and potentially injure himself trying to make this happen. He wants to get a deal done. The Giants kind of do, kind of don't. It seems like they want to potentially push it off to next year. That's why they've kind of almost stopped talks, but we still hear that this is still in the works potentially and get ready for it. This, like Burrow, will remind people to draft him, so any new contract of a big-name player will spike their ADP value up quite a bit. It's just the nature of the human being, the human condition, the psychology behind the fantasy football owner, so get ready to pay a little bit more of a price tag if these guys ink their big fat contracts. Uh, Hopkins is another story. This is kind of an interesting one, guys. This keeps brewing, and it gets a little more interesting every time Hopkins opens his mouth. Because one moment, he'll say something like, oh, I didn't want to get traded. That, that, that wasn't true. The next moment, he'll say something like, he, you know, he wouldn't mind playing uh, this location, that location, this location. Then the next minute, he walks back that, back, uh, back that piece of information. And then he says here, uh, let me let me highlight it here with uh, some kind of indicator. So right here, he says, Hawkins appeared unbothered by the rumors, but said that he would like to play with a team that had stable management upstairs. Big shot at the, at the Arizona Cardinals. Not that it's not a wrong, like, like an inaccurate statement. It's just, you know, this makes me feel like the team, if they were wanting to maybe hang, have him hang around a little longer, they might be like, let's get this toxic guy out of here. Because we want to we want to trade him anyway. He's not dictating a trade. We're not letting a player tell us we want I want out, and so we're gonna trade him. But this is one of those things where it's like they already want him out potentially for for financial reasons and to get something in terms of draft capital for an older player during a rebuild year, during a wasted year. Now he's being toxic potentially, calling management upstairs uh, not so stable. Um, Hopkins says he believes the team is in good hands after multiple conversations with him. Uh, even though the Cardinals uh, did want to move Hopkins, his contract makes it rather difficult at this time. Uh, then Hopkins went on to say that he wants to play for a quarterback that loves the game. That loves the game. And that is a shot at Kyler Murray, most certainly, and rightfully so. A shot that is, I think, deserving to be fired off. 
And Kyle dropping a super chat. Dynasty, Dobbs, or Jalen Reed? I like Reed more than Dobbs. Dubs, Dobbs. No, I, I'm not I'm not buying into that. Give me Reed. They drafted Reed, I think, for a reason. Um, Dobbs is okay, but but I think Reed's got more upside. Um, co- college, college, you know, stats and everything, is, it's hard to make and translate over because it wasn't like he... He had the most uh, enormous, you know, college season. But there's some some metrics there that I do like. He does seem like he's got potential. I would go ahead and go with Reed, um, but you know, it's arguable for sure. Hopkins, I think Hopkins ultimately gets traded. Now, the interesting thing about a fantasy football, you know, take on this one is that if Hopkins gets traded, the team acquiring him is most likely going to be in contention. And so, if it's the Buffalo Bills, which we won't like because we love Dalton Kincaid. Whoops, whoopsie. We like Dalton Kincaid, um, and we don't want Kincaid to lose his wide receiver two slot at all. Like that's this is a this is a cheat code in Dalton Kincaid. Get Kincaided. Let's play that whole intro. Get Dalton Kincaided in 2023. We don't want Hopkins reigning on the Dalton Kincaid uh, crowning. Okay, we don't need him reigning on that parade. But Hopkins, most likely, if traded, will go to a contender. So if you ask me, he's more likely to get traded right now than he was, you know, yesterday. And so if you're drafting Hopkins you need to expect him playing somewhere else by at least midseason, but maybe before week one. Wouldn't shock me if now all this you know, news and negativity has the Cardinals uh, launching off on a trade that they didn't really want to do because it didn't include 2023 draft capital. That, that ship has sailed. But now they're like, okay, well, we are dealing with what's in front of us now. Kyler Murray may not play in 2023. He could. There's a lot of people that think he could play by week 8, 9, 10. There are other people that say, why would they bring him back when they're in the Caleb uh, the Caleb sweepstakes and, and, and trying to get a quarterback that's highly touted as probably the best rookie quarterback to come out in a handful of years, and the Cardinals could have a shot at him. And then you say, well, what about Jonathan Gannon and all of his talk, this head coach of the Arizona Cardinals coming over from Philly as a defensive coordinator, coming over as Arizona Cardinal head coach, and talking about Kyler Murray being the reason he came over. He loves Kyler. He wants Kyler. He doesn't make all the decisions is kind of what this comes down to. And the fact remains, the Cardinals, if they get a shot at Caleb at number one overall, and they and they have a shot at that, this team is not going to play well if Kyler Murray's not under center. This team could win two or three games. This team could win four games max without Kyler Murray. If they start off the season in awful fashion, you can bet your bottom dollar this team is probably not going to run Kyler Murray out there to win four or five games at the end and ruin their chance to get maybe one of the most uh, electric quarterbacks to come out of college for some time. And if Caleb's on the table and the Cardinals can draft him at one, you better get prepared, all of you Jonathan Gannon truthers that think Jonathan Gannon's going to just take this team 
funnel it through Kyler Murray, which he said, and turn it into some kind of, you know, amazing squat 2024 fantasy football conglomerate, there's not going to be a lot of fantasy football production coming out of this Arizona Cardinal offense until they make some major changes. Changes I don't believe are going to include Kyler Murray. But we'll have to see what happens. If Kyler Murray, if the Cardinals don't get a shot at Caleb, they're keeping Kyler. But if they have a shot at Caleb, they will draft him and they will trade Kyler. I, I 100% believe that. I think that the Arizona Cardinals brass is going to make sure that happens if that opportunity presents itself. So my point being is part of that is going to be getting rid of this guy Hopkins. And if you're drafting him in an underdog fantasy promo code Smitty, Match up to $100 in your first deposit. Link has been dropped. Let me drop the link one more time. We're drafting Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. Draft marathon uh, three days in a row every single week walking into week one. So from here on out, every single Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we have draft marathons, mock draft marathons, live best ball draft marathons, you name it. But while we're drafting this kid and we're saying, hey, you know, Hopkins may be on an Arizona Cardinal roster right now. You might be you might be drafting him and getting a steal later. I'm not saying to like push his ADP up any higher. I'm saying take advantage of where he's falling and, and potentially grab a guy that might be in a very very different situation in a month or two from now. So Hopkins is a tough guy to value, a tough guy to to draft, a tough guy to trade away or trade for. If you own him in a dynasty league, you're probably sitting there going, "I don't think I'm getting a single thing from this guy." Don't sell him on pennies on the dollar, try to hold them. And maybe you could retain some kind of like newfound value. If he gets traded into a very good situation, then you can maybe trade him away to a contender in your fantasy league. If you in fact are in rebuild mode with Hopkins, maybe you can couple Hopkins with a future first round pick to go get some sort of questionable wide receiver that you actually love. Maybe you could go get a, a Jahan Dotson using Hopkins and a pick once you know Hopkins gets traded because people are sleeping on Jahan Dotson and they don't know that Dotson could be a top 12 wide receiver in the National Football League. Jahan Dotson. Dotson. Dotson's doing it. And he's doing it live in 2023. Get ready for it. Um, we got a couple other pieces of news to get to before we open up the phone lines. Um, the NFL. Wow. The NFL has potentially put a, a rule up for um, consideration that will allow fair catches on kickoffs to get the ball to the 25-yard line, which is a, a, a very, very weak, weak addition to the NFL rule book, if I must say so myself. And everybody's saying this. We have a lot of people saying, bunch of crap, this is garbage, this is this. I mean, all day long we've been seeing it the last couple hours, three or four hours ago. Um, this is, uh, this is a bad move for the NFL. I know they want to save and, and, and potentially, uh, uh, cut down on concussions and, and, and save on player health and all that. But is this the place to do it? I don't think so. I don't think so. This is a place to dumb down the game. This is a place to maybe have higher scoring affairs, which the NFL thinks will lead to more, you know, whatever. More spending, more ticket sales, more whatever, more high-octane touchdowns being scored. Now, we have to consider that from a fantasy perspective. If this does end up taking place, teams that are, are I mean, you you're, 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 you got teams like like the Bengals, teams like the Eagles, and you know any high-octane offense, it's going to be not about defense. If the team is more offensive-geared than defensive-geared, the Kansas City Chiefs, 
you're going to see these guys score more touchdowns. If you start off on the 25-yard line every single time, you're going to see potentially this trickle into fantasy football in a way that we got to consider a little bit. It's something to keep in mind that if Joe Burrow is starting off on the 25-yard line every time, or 20 or 25, you know, and, and right now, and ball's kicked out of the end zone. It's a 20-yard line anyway. Um, but, you know, it's a dumb rule. It's a dumb rule, and I don't think it, it, it should be a part of the NFL rule book. We'll have to see. Uh, NFL has announced that the 2025 NFL draft will be in Green Bay. Congratulations, Packers fans, for having that. Uh, that Green Bay announcement is pretty cool. This is the Hopkins uh, piece of news. Carl's uh, wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, wants a stable management upstairs. And so that is going to make things awkward in Arizona as they look to potentially deal him. So after the 2024, uh, after 2024 in downtown Detroit, the 2025 draft will take place inside and around the uh, Lambeau Field. And this is cool. Um, Detroit also, I want to bring this up because I wanted everyone to know where 2024 is going to be. So Detroit and then Green Bay. So that'll be pretty fun and interesting. The Washington Commanders uh, sale is going to be delayed more than people expect. There are, I think, something upward of 12 to 15, um, I want to say like silent partners, small-time partners in the the uh, uh, the group that's buying the Washington Commanders that's led by Magic Johnson and the boys. And the, the Denver Broncos sale included two or three silent small partners that were inside that group that purchased the Denver Broncos. And the word is that I've that I've gotten anyway is that the two or three additional players and vetting those two or three potential partners that were very minority stakeholders in the group that bought the the, the Denver Broncos, that that group, those three individuals, it was said to put back the sale, delay it like a month or two. And so if you talk about 15 uh, minority stakeholders in the group buying the Washington Commanders potentially needing to be vetted, this thing is said to be something that might not be optimistic to be done in July. Optimistic to be done at some point at the end of July, mid-July. That means that this could be something that gets handled in August or September or even later. So maybe they do some sort of, I've heard some terms like expediting and, and pushing this along and having an emergency meeting and doing different things. I'm sure the NFL wants to get this handled sooner than later because of how this impacts the 2023 uh, narrative like hey this this 2023 was actually not under command of new ownership and, and and management because it didn't get done until right when the season kicked off they don't want to taint the 2023 season I think so they're going to try their hardest to get this done before the season but it, it's going to potentially put a, a little bit of a delay on this thing to have to vet 15 minority stakeholders in the group that's going to buy this Washington commander team. They've got to vet all of them. They've got to go through all this. It's potentially a two month, a month or two month process to do so. So that's unfortunate news because a lot of decisions need to be made for the Washington commanders. And you got this owner here that everybody wants out that's still in control. So we'll have to see what happens there. I still firmly believe that this team's on a mission uh, to excite the fan base and turn things around in 2023. I, I firmly believe in Sam Howell. Let's give Sam Howell a moonshot at least. I was going to do a standing ovation. Let's give him a moonshot until he proves a little bit more. But I'm real excited about Sam Howell. I'm real excited about Jahan Dotson. I think the Washington Commanders team 
is going to be exciting to watch in 2023. And we got our boy Jared in here. Who Jared is not a fantasy football player at all. We're trying to convert him. Jared, here's the link right here. Click the link. Get into an underdog draft. Sign up ahead of time. $10 minimum deposit. They'll give you up to $100 bonus match dollar for dollar on your first deposit. So if you do 10, they'll give you 10. You do 100, they'll give you 100 if you're new to underdog. But Jared, we'll be drafting Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Click that link and sign up. Anybody else that hasn't, Click that link and sign up. I just dropped it. It's in the description of every video, Underdog Fantasy. But Jared, the reason I brought Jared up is he is not a fantasy football player. He comes in here and just wants to talk. Whenever we do mention it for just a brief moment, Washington Commander Football. This guy shows up every day. Here, hits the thumb up button like some of you still need to do because I see only 56 thumbs up and 122 of you still in here. Let's hit that thumb up button. But Jared comes in every day just to hear a glimpse just get a glimpse or a, a whiff of Commander Football Talk, and he got some today, and I'm excited for it. Jared, glad to, glad to have you here. Jordan Love is going to be uh, Jordan Love. Sam Howell and Jordan Love, I think, are going to surprise as quarterbacks in 2023, so get on board both those those big dogs in fantasy football. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, the NFL approved the... Um, the bylaw that would allow a third QB to be active on game day without burning a roster spot. This player has to be on the active roster. They cannot be uh, on the practice squad. And um, you can't bench your second string quarterback to to bring this emergency QB in. It has to be through injury. So this is good. This should have been in place anyway. So this is a good move. This was a disaster for the, the Niners when the situation un, 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 unveiled. So definitely good for football. Uh, Chargers, um, head coach Brandon Staley said he expects Austin Eckler to be at team's mandatory mini camp. I bring this up because Austin Eckler is very unhappy that he's not getting extended and getting a $10,000, uh, per hour, up, uh, 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 raise. And he thinks he's, he's worthy of it. Austin Eckler, it is a shame. Running backs do deserve more money. They do. They do deserve more money and they put their body on the line and they don't tend to get that second contract like other positions do because the second contract after, especially if they're a first rounder, but a lot of running backs aren't anymore. But you know, obviously we had two first round running backs this this draft. We had uh, one last year, so there there are there are potential um, situations where a player has to play through five years and then try and get their next contract. Well, with running backs having a four- to six-year shelf life, that makes it hard for RBs to get that second contract. Now, I feel bad for Eckler. He's certainly deserving of it in from, from last season beyond, but it would be hard. I would be hard-pressed as an owner, as a decision-maker for a club to say, yeah, you're, uh, you put in, you're turning uh, 28 years old. Okay, did he turn? I think he even turned 28. Did he turn 28 this month? 28 years old. This season, you'll be 28, and you're expecting to get, what, a three- or four-year extension? Like, you have this one year left. And I know that every running back wants to believe they're different. And I'm sure there will be one or two one-off situations. Derrick Henry did it at 28. He played well all 28-year-old. You know, Derrick Henry played well. And and so he's entering his 28th season. I'm sure he believes he can do it too. And maybe he can. These are two very unique situations. This guy takes a lot of abuse in the in between the tackles than he should for his frame. But he definitely doesn't carry the football the same as a, a Derrick Henry. But I still would find it very hard for me, given he's on the team now. Given you're, you're able to 
run this guy out there this season at 28. What on earth makes me want to spend more money when I get him at the cost of what I'm paying right now? I don't have to do a single thing, and I get him for 2023, and then he's 29 years old. So even if he does somehow, some way, de- deliver a, an elite 28-year-old season performance in, in, in a Chargers uniform in 2023, I'm still not extending him because he skated by and he did well, and now he's 29. So, like, Eckler's not going to get what he thinks. What I think they should do, and I think this was offered to him, is some sort of just some sort of just salary increase, just a little thank you. And I believe that was offered at one point uh, from somebody that, that that I trust that he just he doesn't he wants the bigger contract. He's not going to get it, and he's not going to get it elsewhere. If he thinks he's going to go out there at 28, play even if he plays well, and then at 29 years old go out and hit the free agent market and get a 3 or 4 million dollar you know contract uh, a brand new contract that's going to pay him bank he's kidding himself it doesn't it doesn't mean i don't feel bad for running backs or the rb but he probably should have taken a little bit of a, a raise and pay bump just for saying hey here here you go eckler you did such a great job for us we know we can't give you a lot but hey here's 8 million here's eight here's an 8 million dollar raise instead of Worrying about trying to hold out and get this bigger long-term contract. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So my whole point in bringing this up is I don't know how unhappy he is right now. We'll see if he shows up to, to camp. Probably will. Um, they decided they're not trading him. And they're not going to extend him. I don't know if maybe they'll kickstart some sort of like, you know, we'll give you a bonus again. Like if he revisits that front. Uh, here, here's a little $8 million thank you. Little little reconstructure. It's going to be called a reconstructed contract, but it'll be a little restructure. And it'll be like, hey, here's $8 million, uh signing bonus. All up front. Doesn't hurt the team too much at all. Here you go, Eckler. Restructure it. Here you go. I don't even know if it'll add a year. They may add a year. They may not. They may just give this man a raise, and they probably should. And I'm, I'm for that. I, I agree that Eckler should be given, hey, here's a $5, $10 million just thank you. Like that should happen, but he's not getting a three, four year extension. He's not going after 2028, after his 2023 season at 20, uh, 2028, his 2023 season at the age of 28. He's not walking out the door after the season's over and getting a three or four year deal like he thinks he's going to. I know every running back thinks they're different, but he's 29 years old after 2023 is over. Not going to happen. Um, I think it's, you know, tread lightly in drafting Eckler this year. Second round value, I don't hate, um, but I certainly don't love drafting him in the first round at the age of 28. As much as we want to believe he's different, as much as we want to say Derrick Henry did it at 29 or 28 years old, it's it's an anomaly. And, and it could happen again. I'm sure it will happen again, but you're better off jumping ship early than jumping ship late. Uh, let's open up the phone lines. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Phone lines are open. Dial into the show. We can talk about whatever you want, um, especially talk about topics you know that we've discussed here already, whether you want to talk Burrow, whether you want to talk Joe Burrow, whether you want to tra- talk Hopkins, whatever you want, toss it at me. Phone lines are open. Dial into the show, and we'll start uh, getting to your questions. Let me hit the chat, too, while we're at it. Um, let's see here. See if we got any good questions. Call me crazy, but might even help if Saquon is traded. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't mind if Saquon's traded. 
he's got to go to a good spot, and a team trading for an RB is going to be a contender. No team that's not in the mix. No team like that isn't the Buffalo Bills or you know the the Eagles would be a team you would you would think of if they didn't already go get DeAndre Swift. Uh, a team like that maybe going and getting a Saquon Barkley and trying to make a, a run like the Bengals, for example. If the Bengals did move on from Mixon, they didn't though. So I don't know that there are many suitors that are going to be available for a midseason or just before Week One trade. If he was going to get traded. Probably would have happened before week one, or I'm sorry, before uh, uh, the NFL draft kicked off. And, and it probably would happen before week one or midseason, you know. But but I have a feeling that the, the Giants don't want to trade him. They want to use utilize him and win games this year. And I think I think Dable thinks he can win with what he's got. Uh, D. Philly, you're live on the Fantasy Football Show, pal. Hey, good evening, Smitty. How you been? I've been MIA. No problem, man. What can I do for you? Um, just just listening to this Barkley thing. You know, I've talked to you a few times about I have an opportunity to keep Barkley and Eckler or uh, Travis Etienne and Hall, and I'm just wondering if anything's changed. I haven't talked to you about it in a few weeks. Where, where are you at there? C.D. Lamb still in the first, maybe a keeper? Uh, you, might Barkley, have, what? You, you might have to refresh my memory on the entire situation real quickly. So you have the ability to keep how many of these guys that you just read off? Two, and they count as my first and second round. Okay, so Lamb, Barkley, Hall. Eckler. Eckler. Uh, ETN. Okay. And Mondre. Okay. So I would say um, the reason I'm going to rule out um, Stevenson and ETN is because those guys are third rounders and beyond. And I'm not saying okay. they're not they're not good picks or whatever, but when you consider where they're getting drafted, then you could redraft those guys easier. So you never want to keep a guy that you can redraft when these guys are going to go, you know, he's a second rounder. Now in dynasty, he might fall into the third round or in keeper, keeper mindset, he might fall into the third round, but he still could float there. Uh, Brees Hall is definitely a guy I would keep, especially if you have future keeper value attached to him. If you can only keep a guy max of two years or something like that, then that would certainly throw out a little of that advantage. But if it's a long-term keeper per, uh, prospect, then, your, your two best bets are probably Lamb and Hall. Um, I wouldn't mind Barkley being the other running back if you have any sort of limitation on the amount of years that you keep Hall. So it, what's the limitation on it? Three years, max. Um, that's still a long time. So this will be the first of three that you keep Hall. You get to keep him two more additional yeah. drafts. And I'm, I'm draft 10 and 20. My first round is on pick 10 because I won last year. It goes mm-hmm. in reverse order. Yeah, I'd probably take Lamb and Hall. It gives you good balance to have both a wide receiver, or a wide receiver and a running back. And and these guys, in a, with any sort of keeper value at all, Hall's going in the second round, and I'd say like maybe late in a redraft. So in a dynasty, that probably climbs to borderline you know, 12 to 15 overall. And in Dynasty, he's uh-huh. inside the top 11. Uh, Barkley is a second-rounder in redraft, so he's going to be a second-rounder in Dynasty or a keeper for sure. Lamb is in the first round now, 
he's like the 12 13 turn for wide receivers so your two best bets are Hall and Lamb but you you can't really you can't really go wrong with any of the guys that aren't crossed out you know you, any any of those top 4 there's pros and cons bro uh, okay the other thing is if i didn't take anybody uh do you believe uh Bijan would still be there that there's 10? only one or two teams that didn't keep anybody in the first round. Uh, uh, would Bijan be picked up, say, by the first or third team? Or he would should you think be. he would make it to it, me? It depends on who else is being let go. I doubt there's anybody better than Bijan that's going to be left out there unless somebody had three monsters and they just let one of them go. Or let's say somebody grabs a quarterback and you weren't expecting that or but, I mean, Bijan should be the number one player taken because in a dynasty keeper setting, he's a first-rounder. So I can't imagine there are a lot of first-rounders that will be thrown back into the player pool. But that's up to you, bro, to take that gamble. But I cert- if there's only two teams drafting and you got a shot at it, I guess I'd consider it. But it, it, And, yeah, I mean, at that point, if you could get Bijan and you still get a haul or a lamb anyway, like maybe not keeping anybody's the, the approach. Yeah, because what I'm looking at is uh... – most of the teams, probably seven or eight of them, will have a good keeper. And when I throw those four top six players back to the pool, also Derrick Henry is back in the pool. He probably wouldn't be. But Jonathan Taylor is also back in the pool because the, the people that own those two players had them for the last three years. They have to go back into the draft. So I guess I'll ask this question. Hey, let me ask this for the audience. Let's see what the chat thinks. Hey, chat, would you throw all these guys back? And your worst case scenario is probably what you 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 get Jameer Gibbs. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying Jameer Gibbs is somebody you want to take, you know, number one overall or two overall in any sort of other setting. But if you're talking about the top twelve players overall, are probably kept r- roughly. And so this guy's D Philly's looking at potentially getting Gibbs at like what would have constituted 10 or 11 overall player in a dynasty keeper setting. I kind of feel like I go for it as long as I'm understanding this this correctly is is against the grain as it feels to throw these guys back. I'm tempted if you're going to get Bijan, but I guess if you're drafting at 20, my question would be this. How many, how many, you said only two players might, two owners might be drafting in the first two rounds. Is that correct? At least in the first. And that's really all I'm concerned about because I want Bijan or somebody better than the six I listed. But, but what about the second round? How many, how many people will be drafting in the second round? Do you think half? Um, I'd have to go back and look at all the teams, but I know. There's only one team that's horrible that probably won't have anybody. And then there's another team that might only have one. And then basically everybody else or maybe just a couple in the second round won't won't have anybody my, as a keeper. My so, guess is that in a worst-case scenario, you're going to get one of your guys back in round two. And if not, you get, I mean, one of those one of those non-crossed-out guys, Eckler, Hall, Barkley, Lamb. You'll get one of those guys back in round two because of everybody's keepers. Uh-huh. Or you get an ETN or whatever, but but you have a shot at Bijan, and if not, you get Gibbs. I probably do it. I'd probably rather have Gibbs and and whatever 
player here falls to you again than to just keep Lamb and Hall. I, I think I think this is one of those things where it feels unnatural to not keep anybody, but if I'm understanding it correctly, you'll have better players. Right. I could I could get an upgrade. Not that my choices are bad, but they could be an upgrade. I, I think so. If you're if you could get Bijan or Gibbs or even both of them, you might get both of them. Not to mention is Burrow going to be available? You know, like, you know, I don't even hate that as your second keeper. Like, if you were to take Bijan and Burrow, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. Just to draft Burrow on my second pick, 20. I mean, I'm saying I consider it. just depends on who's on the clock and, and everything. But but I, if I'm understanding it correctly, and only you know that based on, you know, what you, you, can, you can see me, how you can see me talking about it and what you really know going on with that league, I would, I would go ahead and I would go ahead and take the gamble. Um, Hey, hold on D Philly. We've got a celebrity on the phone that we've been waiting to hear from for a while. His name, none other guy. We've been waiting to hear from to see how he's been feeling, how he's been doing. Let me see if I can get his intro here. One second. Here it is. I give you the Bruce. The Bruce is loose. Bruce, how you feeling, Brucey? You had that that cranial surgery, and we've been thinking about you d- dropping prayer emojis like crazy. Everybody, drop a prayer emoji for the Bruce. Bruce, how you been feeling? Uh, I feel good. You know, you know, a uh, little bit better now that it's over with. No more fussing uh, about it. <laughs> Is it hard to sleep with a, a cranial surgery? Like I saw some of the photos um, that you shared, and boy. That uh, that looks painful to lay on. Uh, you know what? Not not really. Have uh, you had? I just. Uh, have you had any? Vi- have you I had any have... visions or any like um, increased brain activity? Because I know that sometimes when they do any sort of like, and I I, I kind of mean mean this seriously when they do any sort of like looking at that area at all or, or messing around at all. Sometimes it triggers something, Bruce. Do you have any, anything, any visions? No, not really. I've, I've been, I've been good so far. Not well, on wood. Yeah. Well, we, we appreciate you, man. We, we love, we love you around here and we've been, we've been dropping prayer emojis well, at I the end of you. live streams every I time. You guys too, and and uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, everything's good though. I appreciate it. Everything's good. Like everything's yeah, ro- everything road to recovery. Good. No, no questions. No, I mean we don't even know fully what what was going on in there, but we're we appreciate it. We appreciate you, and we appreciate you being back so soon. You're at home, yeah, right? Tomorrow, You're. The... You what? Yeah, I said the twenty fourth. I get these staples and stitches removed. So, you know, the only thing is they they itch like a bastard. Oops. Yeah. No, you're fine. Uh, yeah, someone said you're acting nonchalant about having like cranial brain surgery. The Bruce is nothing to the Bruce. This is like, this is nothing. Bruce, Bruce, you know, this is just a normal afternoon for Bruce. Yeah. Bruce has got visions. As soon as you got visions, man, we're bringing, we're bringing you on uh, for your own segment. You just let me know. I had a dream of, I had a dream ETN ripped off a 90 yard touchdown last night, by the way. I woke up, I was looking around. I was trying to figure out if it was real. You know, you know those dreams where you wake up and you literally can't tell. I'm just like, I don't know if that was real. He ripped off a 90-yard touchdown run, and I know that's going to confuse D. Philly because I just told him to throw ETM back into the player pool. But you might be able to get him back, and if my dream is correct, 
and he runs a 90-95 yard touchdown run in week one, you still might get him as your third drafted player. Uh, what else you got? What do you got football-wise, Brucey? Uh, you know, I, I was watching because I was, uh, you know, I couldn't really do a lot, whole lot. I seen you bash Jimmy G when you said Devontae Adams isn't uh, oh, man. a top-flight receiver. Don't you think he's going to be top-flight at his value? Uh, I don't want to make you upset, Bruce. I don't know what kind of extra powers you got these days. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think Jimmy G is going to do right by Adams. I, the, the one thing I'll say before I don't want to bash Adams too much. I've done a lot of it lately, and it's not about bashing Adams. It's about bashing Adams' fantasy value. But the one thing I would say, Bruce, is if he was positive about it and he believed in Jimmy G, like he believed in Carr. He defended him, says, this is my team, this is my quarterback. If Josh Jacobs was defending Jimmy G and saying, you know, this is my quarterback, this is my team, those two guys literally said, we want to be on the Raiders roster if you're going to make the right moves. And then what do they do? They bring in Jimmy G and both of them want out. So, Bruce, my question to you would be this. How, how do you feel... Adams feels about this situation. How do you feel Jacobs feels? And what does that tell you when both of the stars don't want to play anymore? They don't want to be on the team. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why that's what that's what concerns me. Uh East Coast Taddy says I'm back, gonna make up for lost time. East Coast Taddy, appreciate you being here, pal. And uh we we've we've been uh we've been without you for a little bit. We appreciate you. Um, D Philly, you got anything you want to, you want to add or any other questions? Um, no, not really. I haven't been keeping up, so I'm kind of out of the loop. I'm just listening right now. Not only do they have the prop. Sorry. Um, what'd you say? Go ahead. Who are you talking to? Uh, D Philly. You just, you, I, I didn't oh, hear what yeah. you said. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, this is me. I just said that I've been out of the loop for a little bit. I'm I'm preparing for selling my house and moving up north in Florida a little bit. So I got you. I've had a tough tough schedule here and working and everything. So okay. I'm trying to catch up. I, I got don't you. really have any questions. Just catch um, up. Yeah, go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, dial in if anybody wants to add any other questions. East Coast Taddy hey. gifted ten YouTube exclusive memberships. East Coast Taddy to the moon. Thank you, I East Coast. One, What's your question? What do we think of Rodgers finally showing up to uh, the uh, offseason now that he's with the Jets? Um, what do I think about it? I think it's fantastic yeah. to see Aaron, Aaron Rodgers out there trying to you know build rapport with his teammates. I think when whenever you join a new team, especially the, the, with all the drama around this Jets situation and how long it took – it would have been very disappointing. I would have understood it to a degree, but I would have been very disappointed in Aaron Rodgers had he had a little bit of that. Like I'll show up and you know when it's mandatory, and I'm you know got my own workout regime. I hate I hate that, and I understand it. Like if you're a a player like Christian McCaffrey, or you know uh, you're a wide receiver that that does a certain regimen or, or a certain like you know uh, situ- that you have a little like routine that you do in the off season. Like I get it, but but there's something about being with your teammates, and there's something about I don't know. 
it it says something to me when a team doesn't have a good enough offseason workout program that your your players don't want to participate with you. You know what I mean? So like it would have been disappointing for me if Aaron Rodgers is like, you know, showing up when he shows up. The fact that he acted almost like a I don't know, almost like a a, a rookie. He's like, I got to get, come in here and I got to start building rapport and I got to, you know, get to know my guys and learn the system. And I just loved the approach Aaron Rodgers had. It was like, I'm just one of the guys. I'm not, I'm not an exception to the rule. And so I was pretty impressed with Aaron Rodgers and how he approached it. So I'm, I'm fine with, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving the way he's talked about Garrett Wilson. I'm loving the footage I see of Garrett Wilson catching footballs from Aaron Rodgers. I have no, I have no concerns at all that he's going to um, disappoint us and not be Mars man material. He's on a shuttle tonight. I mean, look Mars look man. at this guy. Look at this guy on the Mars man list. He's been there from the beginning. Dropping and and uh, Patrick Kilpatrick became a member. Appreciate Kilpatrick being a member. But Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Bijan, Olave. Th this Mars man list looks phenomenal. It just looks it looks amazing to me. There might be an additional person on this. I, I don't even know if Kincaid will make the Marsman list. I'm not sure. But that Marsman looks could, looks. I was, Garrett I was Wilson's. Was like, yeah. Garrett Garrett Wilson's top three to five. Uh, Chris Olave's top three to six, top three to seven. I, I really think they both could overlap and be top five wide receivers. But I love when someone comes into the 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 chat. Or they come into the comment section of a video and you got an unaware unger that walks in and says something like this in my comments. They either say, Garrett Wilson, top 15, maybe third round, but Garrett Wilson, second round. No, 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 not second round, Bob. He's a 12-13 turn player. He's a first, second round turn player. He's he's a, arguably a 10, 11, 12 overall player. When someone comes into my chat or my comments and says something as ridiculous as Garrett Wilson in the second round, tell me you haven't watched football offseason without telling me you haven't watched football. That's how you can best describe your unawareness to the situation. Your your I've been unplugged for for four or five months. When you walk into a comment section or a chat and you question Garrett Wilson's second round value. Second round value, not first round value, second round value. Like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? This guy is a top 12 overall player. Garrett Wilson. And the Alave comments on my last video, the. Uh, I appreciate all those exclusive members um, that were dropped by East Coast Taddy. I think East Coast Taddy dropped all those. Let me, let me just check real quickly. Uh. Uh, let's see, member, member, yeah, I think East Coast, if anybody else dropped one, let me know, but East Coast Taddy dropping a, a 10, 10 YouTube exclusive memberships of absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. But I dropped this video for people that are unaware of this situation. Okay. Cause I think there are a lot of people that don't understand that the wolf pack is here to stay. I dropped my wolf pack video. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Drake London, and Christian Watson. Or you could even put London, uh, you know, London four, Watson, um, Watson three. Because they kind of go, it kind of depends on what draft pool you're, you know, amount of people you're drafting with and, 
And, you know, does your league know Watson season's underway or not? Like, this is the wolf pack right here. And, and let me let me let me play this for you guys. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Drake, London, and Christian Watson. This is the quad squad, the burn unit, the wolf pack, the four amigos. I give you the four best friends that anybody could have. So the the wolf pack, I've got com I mean, not a lot of comments. There's most people love this thing. Most people love it, but I have a lot of people, one guy, one guy said, Smitty. <coughs> Sorry, I choked on my I choked on my prime. Uh, this one shocked me so bad. But he said, Smitty, <coughs> Brucey, I'm dying here. This guy in the comments says, Smitty, this is really bad advice, telling people to draft Lave in the second round. There are some people that believe he has third or fourth round value. And, and you know, part of it is ESPN's doing. ESPN's ADP is so bad. I first of all I recommend you take advantage of it. You could draft in, in ESPN leagues right now. Move your league to ESPN to take advantage of their garbage ADP. But apparently he's going in the third round, sometimes late third. Some some have told me they've got him in the fourth round. <clears throat> and you're complaining. You're complaining. Instead of saying Smitty, oh wise one, Smitty, for telling me that Alave's a top fourteen overall player. Instead, you think it's bad advice. To tell people to draft him as your second drafted player. Well, let me tell you something. On Underdog Fantasy promo code Smitty, he's going in round two. And there's absolutely no chance. You have zero chance of getting him in round three anymore. He wasn't round three. We all cleaned up. We all made out like bandits all offseason long. Getting this kid in the third round. I remember a draft I did where I got a lava in the third. Um, Watson in London in the fifth and sixth. Like, I looked back at a draft. I got a Lave in round three. I got Watson in five and London in six. And and my team looks marvelous. And and we took high advantage of that. But this Wolfpack right here, people don't even know what's about to be dropped on them. This is the crew, the Wolfpack. Uh, I recommend you draft it in as many leagues as you can. Uh, we got another super chat here. Hold on one second, boys. Let me... Uh, Russian collusions calling in too. Russian, hang tight real quick. Bella, check yourself. Says Stevenson will be in the top five running backs in redraft. I like the bold take. Uh, Bella, check yourself. Appreciate you dropping the super chat wad on screen. And we got Russian collusion on the line right now. Russian, what's up, my guy? What's going on, my man? Not much. I did a, I did a uh, MB4. And it kind of goes with what you're talking about now. I had the number seven pick. First pick was uh, Bijan. Number two pick was Alave. Brees Hall, Amir Gibbs, Justin Herbert, Pickens, nice. Dotson. And my only weakness, I believe, uh, I got Aaron Rodgers and Carr for my quarterbacks. And you're not going to think this is a weakness, but I have Kincaid for my tight end. And I also have uh, Laporta. I like it. Rear thoughts. Love it. Love your start. Top four picks were phenomenal. Um, not that I don't love all of it, but top four picks were phenomenal. You got Bijan, Alave. Um, uh, who was your four, third? Hall. Yeah, Brees Hall, and then uh, and then Gibbs. That's a, that's a yeah. phenomenal start. Yeah. 
You know, the only yeah. thing you could have done better, and it would have just been you'd have had to have had lightning strike was Joe Burrow to also fall to that fifth round pick, which, as I mentioned earlier, people need to take full advantage once Joe Burrow's contract gets signed and people are fickle, and those fickle Freddies are going to be like, oh, I guess I should take him in the third round now because he's getting paid so much money. It's You're not going to get fourth and in, in you know, sometimes 5.1, 5.2, 5.3 draft value for, for, for Burrow. He can go anywhere from 4.3 to 5.3. But it's... Oh, he already did in this, in this draft here. He went, he went uh, the first pick in the fourth round. Yeah, so fourth round. I mean, so, even that's phenomenal. Even if he goes a little early, like yeah. 4.1, according to the normal ADP, yeah. that's still a like, home run win a league. Like Anywhere as your fourth drafted player, you can win a league with Joe Burrow. It's absolutely crazy. And to be honest with all of you, I don't know that if I was at four point... Let's say I had... Let's say, I, and, I, and best of all, you can't trade. But let's just say in a, in a fairy tale world, I had the 5.1 and the 4.1. Okay? And Joe Burrow was sitting there. I'm just telling you, I don't know if I have the patience to deploy... A going a different player and waiting on Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, I just I think I'll never know because I'll take him at four point one. But I do urge you all to take advantage of that value. And if you take him at four point one, you know, and let's say you're in a redraft league where you do own an early top five round pick, I I don't think I I wait. And I understand that because I do it myself. I just Joe Burrow wins leagues in round four, just flat out wins leagues. No, I yeah I agree with that hundred percent. That's why I don't like the news on. Uh, on the new contract, because all it's going to do is just like you said, it's going to move them right up the rankings. Yeah. It's like can't can't they wait till the, the season begins to give them that contract? It's like that's what you want, you know. Bro, people are so fickle. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy what what that's going to do to the average Bob out there. He's just going to see that Joe Burrow's highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I guess he's my QB two or three now. You know. It, it is unfortunate. Yeah, who's, who's he going to move up ahead of? You what? He's going to move up ahead of uh, Lamar Jackson, wouldn't you think? Well, he already kind of is. He's ahead of Fields is ahead of him right now, but he'll definitely. Right. I think he'll definitely climb ahead of Fields for a lot of people once Burrow signs that big deal. It's just so it's crazy, yeah. bro. It's crazy how people are so knee jerk. I have. Yeah. No, go ahead, Brucey. I had a different opinion on that, which I might be dumb, but I would think a quarterback that's fighting for a bigger contract would be higher than a quarterback that's already got paid. Some people feel that when a player gets paid, they dial back. I know I know what you're trying to say there, I think. But I think more so what it does is it reminds people that he's at the big boy table. Right now, he's at the he's like barely at the big boy table. Because Fields moved up and took that number four spot in most ADP data. And so people moved him down around. So he's almost like the top dog at the little kids table now. It's crazy that he could go to go in the 5.1 all the way up to 4.1 territory. It's crazy, man. He belongs there with, with Hertz in round two. Yeah. So take advantage of it while you can. Take advantage of it. It's not going to last hey, forever. Smitty, I got a question. Yeah. Philly, um, on the underdraft, I'm, I'm finally getting time to go into the doing the drafts. What do you suggest uh, amount of drafts? Twenty five dollars, ten. I mean, there's all kinds of amounts, and then how many players uh, person draft do you like to do? 
Well, I mean, they 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 decide it for you. Like you could go into a private draft just to, to have fun. You know, three dollar draft or six players. The, the prize pool is not going to be big at all. The best ball mania um, draft, and then all the little puppies and different things that they do. That's where the big prize money is. I mean, I, I it's all up to you, preference. I don't know how much money or budget you have for it. Like I recommend doing a couple of the the best ball manias just so you have a you know a shot at one of the big prizes. But honestly, like if I've got a couple hundred bucks that I'm going to spend on, let's say in a weekend, I'll do a lot of those $5 puppies yeah. all day long. You know, I love doing variations. The reason I love doing it is I love drafting. A lot of people like to mix it up. I'm very much, a, I'll go all in on one strategy and then just keep trying it and I'll get different variations of it. And if I land it, I'm, I'm going to have every, every angle covered. That's kind of the way I look at it. But I do like to have a couple different teams too. You know, sometimes different draft selections allow you to deploy different strategies, but I do find myself drafting a lot of the same players, and it could burn me, but it also could help me win. You know, if I if I have all those combinations covered. So, but but definitely the five well, I did the- five dollar puppies are probably the best one I could recommend to people because you can do a lot of them. You know, and the prizes are still cool. You know. So after I deposited my hundred, I have two hundred total. When that money's gone. If I deposit another hundred, do I get another hundred with your code? Or nope, no? nope. They they do a one time using my code, one time double match your deposit, you know, dollar for dollar. But there are other things that they'll potentially throw out there for people that use the code. I'll I'll get those throughout the year. Sometimes we get a freebie, like on the pickums when you go to the 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 higher the higher low. If you click on the higher low, and you're 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 choosing five like higher low, you know on one ticket you will get like a free one like all all hertz has to do is run for one yard and you sit higher on that one and then it's kind of like a free one so they'll uh-huh. give stuff like that to make it a lot easier to win when, when it says slow draft how long does slow draft mean What's eight, that mean? eight hours but but during the night it shut off so it's like a 10 hour timer at night so the next day you have time yeah. to still finish the draft. Yeah. Uh, and how many players do you pick? It's uh, t- ten bench spots. You got two two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one quarterback, one flex. Uh, hang tight, hang tight, hang tight for me, D. Philly. Okay, I have the one point one, one point two, and one point four in a ten team one QB PPR. This is from a wall. Appreciate your super chat, by the way. I am in a rebuild. Go Gibbs or JSN at 1.2. Addison at 1.4. Um, I have ETN, Kamara, Akers, Godwin, uh, Elijah Moore, Hawkinson. Okay, so you definitely need kind of a mix of everything. I mean, you got, uh, you probably, you know, you definitely could use a JSN at 1.4. I would take Gibbs without hesitation at 1.2. Um, if, if JSN fell to your 1.4, I'd probably take him. But, uh, Addison would be fine. Addison and, and Gibbs would be good. Kincaid's the guy I still love around the five or six overall. So, I, you know, I'm not saying take him at four, but but he's somebody to look at. You do have Hawkinson. So I wonder if you could maybe – no, I, I mean, I, I, I would be – I would be tempted to shop Hawkinson, but that's me. Like what if you could get a wide receiver for Hawkinson like Watson – or London using Hawkinson, and then you can use the 1.4 on Kincaid. And I know it's early, but I, I you could trade down a spot or you could just do it. Like if I could end up with Gibbs, Kincaid, 
and and Christian Watson or London using Hawkinson in those three pit like that's that's something I would explore. Okay. I would explore that because I I'd rather have Kincaid than Hawkinson personally. I wouldn't do that trade straight up because Hawkinson commands a lot more via trade. But that's why I think you could go get a Watson or a, a Drake London using that tight end uh, spot and then go get Kincaid with the four. That would be me. That way you're solving your wide receiver problem. You're getting Gibbs and you're also got Kincaid. Like that would be a phenomenal, I think, start. Thank you for the $5 hauler. I got another $5 hauler from Nikki. Nikki says, uh, Smitty, keep one. From the round they were drafted, St. Brown 5, Burrow 6, Walker 7, uh, Walker all day until Charbonnet leaning Burrow now. I think um, I think because you can draft Burrow back easier, I'd probably go St. Brown in 5 and then draft Burrow. Because St. Brown's like a top 12, top 14 overall pick. Uh, Burrow's going in round 4 or 5. You know, even if it's a little higher in a keeper league, let's say, you're still getting way more bang for the buck out of St. Brown. So go St. Brown and then draft Burrow back. That would be my advice. As much as I love Burrow, you're not going to see many more people higher on Burrow than I am. And I'm telling you that you're better off going St. Brown and trying to get Burrow. Uh, let's go over to Oscar, who's live on the phone. Oscar, what's up, my guy? Hey, hey what up, Smitty? How are you? I'm good, bro. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, man. Uh, I was calling in because I'm, uh, I got a quick question here. Yep. Uh, so I'm on the clock doing a Superflex Dynasty uh, startup draft. Uh, I have two players that I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, between Marvin Marvin Mims and Rasheed Wright. Who would you go with? Um, probably go Rice. I like Marvin Mims. Um, we've heard different things about Marvin Mims, like he's, uh, he's Sean Payton's guy. And then he's got a lot of upside, but then we've heard other things where it's like he's going to be packaged into some specific plays, and he's not necessarily like thought of to be the number one. And so when you hear stuff like that, you're like, well, how can I buy into that? You know, if he's not considered their one, then you hear other things that are like, this is Sean Payton's guy, and you're like, wait a minute, is he their number one potential guy? You know, down down the road, I like him a lot. The the metrics for this kid are are very very promising, coming out of college. Um, I I like what I see in terms of like data and what I see when I watch him run and work out and and he's you know he's got good a good skill set for sure but Rice I feel like I don't know I just I, the situation is always very uh deceiving too though in in Casey you know you always think they're going to use a, a rookie a certain way and they don't so part of me worries a little bit about that just repeating itself and us being like we we knew this was coming the writing was on the wall but mims has to climb a lot of wide receiver spots to get into his role rice has very little in front of him like if Kadarius tony gets hurt or even if he doesn't get hurt rice could still get into the opposite you know wide receiver spot but if Kadarius Tony, who's very injury prone, very concerning, you know, head case type guy, this could be the number one wide receiver in KC, you know, within a certain amount of time, even if it took a full year. So if we're talking dynasty, and I'm sure we are, then I'd rather go the, the route of Rice. I'd rather take a gamble on Rice, even though I still like Mims a, a little bit. I do. Okay. And would you take uh, Rice over Sky Moore? Probably, probably, probably. I hate saying that because I've been a big Sky Moore guy all all off season long, and I do like him. I want both of them. I want both of them because if you have both of them, I think you're safe. 
I think you're securing yourself into a for sure situation. Sky Moore, he's small. I worry about that. Um, I do think they they just they bring rookies along so slowly. I hesitate to answer this question, to be honest. I'm going to backtrack and say, I don't know that I feel like I can answer that question with confidence yet. I, I think Sky Moore is a real shot at still holding Rice off and being the number one wide receiver in KC. Draft capital for, for Sky Moore is high. I think either one of Sky Moore or Rice could be the number one in two years. And and the fact that they didn't use Sky Moore last year and they don't use Andy Reid doesn't use rookies usually very very quickly, then maybe maybe Sky Moore takes a huge leap this year. I kind of I kind of feel like you almost got to get both of them somehow, bro. Yeah, and that, that might be possible because I have right now Rice is three three spots down from where my pick is at right now, and then you got Sky Moore in the next round pretty much. Try and get both of them, man. Go, go Rice because he has potentially more value, but you, you know having both would be secure. Um, hold on, let's. Got it. Uh, this was Oscar Collusion. You got anything else? What do, What do you got? Yeah, actually, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, last year. You talked a lot about there was a dead zone because I've been noticing that uh, there's a dead zone when you're doing the drafts right now, and I know it's early. Um, between round seven and eight. For RBs? What are you seeing? For RBs? For for anything. Like seven, I, w- I was doing a mock today. Or not a mock, I was doing an M- MB4. Uh, and uh, at seven, I was like, there was nobody there. I'm like, what the hell? I, I actually reached on uh, somebody that should be going in the ninth round that I like. So I would say, I don't know that there's a dead zone anywhere at all this year. I just, I don't think there are. If you're in best ball mania underdog fantasy or best ball and underdog, Camara goes in round seven. Charbonnet goes in round seven. Uh, you can get your quarterback there if you want to plan for using the dead zone for a quarterback slot. Uh, Kincaid's going in the eight, nine, ten territory. Um, I feel like there's a lot of value. You got uh, Swift going in the the five, six territory, um, and then you have Pacheco in the six, seven, uh, Pierce in the six, seven. Um, wide receivers like Pickens going six seven all the time. I don't know. I think the the six seven round, uh, like when you're talking about eight nine ten or whatever, that's just a general drop off. That's just like you're running out of guys. When you're at like round nine, you're just thinking about the Sky Moors, like we we're talking about. You're, you're thinking about um uh, the Hyatts and guys that are in double digit rounds. Like that's just a plain drop off. But I don't think there's a dead zone anywhere. I don't think there's a dead zone anywhere in fantasy this year that could move and, and migrate over like quarterbacks could move up and then create this like little vacancy area. Or let's say Swift climbs up too high. Camara climbs up too high. Pacheco uh, climbs up and then you have a Then you creates a little dead zone in six, seven. But right now I don't sense a dead zone anywhere. I've looked at it and I did a breakdown on it. Like you mentioned, and I don't see a dead zone at all. Like there's a lot of players. Every round, I seem to to be really, really happy with who, who's available. And if I look at, let's say, a a, a, a draft, I'm going to pull up a completed draft on Underdog Fantasy and and just let's see a, a recent poodle draft. Let me click on this. Let me look at the draft board. So in round, let me plug in actually, and we'll we'll look at it here together. So, what what round were you talking about? Seven, 
so round seven. This is round seven right here. Rashad White, Darren Waller. I think it's only fair to look at six. Somebody took Mingo. Let's, just, let's not use this draft. That was Aloha. Aloha, I appreciate you, by the way. Don't get mad. <laughs> Mingo is way too high. Okay. So George Pickens, uh, six. Pacheco, six. Dalvin Cook, uh, round six. Trevor Lawrence, six. Kyle Pitt, six. Damian Pierce, then then dipping down into round seven. So round seven is his top row. We've got uh, Aaron Rodgers, Rashad White, Dotson. Dotson's one of the steals of the entire draft, and he's sitting in round seven. Um, Darren Waller's phenomenal value. I like Anthony Richardson in eight. I love Kamara in eight. Javante in eight. Alexander Madison in eight, bro. Zay Flowers. A-Chain in you know, ten, nine, ten. Um, Kincaid in nine. Charbonnet in nine. I mean, you tell me there's Jamison Williams, Stasham. I mean, there's no dead zone, man. Look at this. It's amazing. Yeah. You just got to. Yeah, I think what it is is I think everybody you, everybody you mentioned um, went before my pick. And, you know, Jahan Dotson, Waller went before me. Cliff went, went before me. Pickens. I ended up uh, taking Gabe Davis because I was like, who the hell am I going to pick? And I really don't like Gabe this year. Yeah, I I think until you get to ten, like double digit rounds, there's no dead zone usually. Like you might have been in an unusual draft, but then I I got to ask myself, you know, where who who someone had to have been pushed out, and you you know value was somewhere. There's no dead zone if you utilize your drafts. Says Bella, check yourself. I think it yeah, it, it depends on who you're drafting with. I mean, is there a is there a scenario where I feel like round seven or eight is drier than normal, especially if I'm drafting with all you guys sniping me left and right? Yeah. But in general, I mean, we just mapped out a bunch of guys that are from round six until nine. So you yeah. should be able to find one actually, of those guys. Actually, actually, on the next next pick, I ended up getting Kamara. So yeah, and eight. There you go. So I mean, there you go. And Swift, I love Swift, and uh, I love Swift in that six round territory. Just absolutely, you know, Kincaid and Swift and Kamara and Charbonnet, like those are my favorite players. If I could get all of them in this territory, I'm I'm ear to ear grin. I'll even go a little early on Swift and five to get Kamara and six to get Charbonnet and seven to get Kincaid and eight to fit them all in. Like I'm I'm willing to start this run a little early, and then you scoop up something amazing like this right here. I mean, tell me this isn't a winning okay. team, and even if we take Gibbs out. It's an amazing team, but but Garrett Wilson and Alave and one and two Gibbs and Burrow and two and and three and four, and then get getting even if you're going early on Swift and early on Kamara to get it all done. Charbonnet, and let's take uh, Aaron Rodgers out of here. Like this this combo right here, this this feels like I'm walking into a championship. Garrett Wilson, Alave, Gibbs, Burrow, Swift, Kamara, Charbonnet, Kincaid, like just just absolutely smitty. You just, you just pretty much said. I'm, I'm looking at a uh, MB MB4 right now, and my pick was uh, the the tenth pick, and I picked Garrett Wilson, Alave, Gibbs, Burrow. I picked Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. which you don't talk a lot about him, but I think he's going to do well this year. Good. I think he's going to be used a lot, like. Um, a lot like uh, what's his name in uh, San Fran there. He could, I believe. I'm hoping. Yeah, he could. 
Uh, Here, hang tight uh, on the line real quick, guys, because you're not going to be able to talk over this animation. But let me just play the Four Horsemen for you, because the Four Horsemen is a combination of all this, too. It's like, you know. The Four Horsemen. Drafting chase in round one. Hall in two. Burrow in three. London in four. Try Gibbs in three. Burrow in four. Wilson in two. No problem. Combinations of these monsters will give your league mates nightmares, especially B. John 1, Alavi 2, Burrow 3, and Gibbs 4. Don't lie. You just made an oopsie in your pants, didn't you? Ride for horses at the same time, the four horsemen. That 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 ending piece of the four horsemen, that, that Bijan, the Alave the Jameer Gibbs and Burrow is just unreal to me. I just, I just love yeah, it. Or, or the, the, yeah. Or the chase, Jamar chase and Alave and Gibbs and Burrow, like either one of those combinations, depending if you're drafting high or drafting low in the first round, just unreal. Uh, pal Derby says, Smitty, you going to have a meet and greet in Vegas? Absolutely. Pal, uh, announcement coming really soon. Um, but I will be in Vegas on July 15. So if you guys want to make that our little meet and greet sesh, let's do it live. So July 15, anybody can make it to Vegas. Announcement coming as to what's going on. But uh, July 15, pal Derby, I'll be there, pal. I'll be there, pal Derby. Hope 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 to see you there. Uh, what, what else we got? D-Philly, D you got anything else? Hello? Uh, no, I'm just listening. I'm here. Okay, no, okay. I was just listening. But a collusion I'd would... like to go to Vegas, though. Yeah, collusion. You got anything else? AWOL dropping another super chat. Forgot I have the 1.7 for Kincaid, so shop Hawkins for a wide receiver. I still would. Yeah. you could get If you could get JSN at you know or Addison or whoever, and then you get Gibbs and you get Kincaid, um, or you go Kincaid at four just to not, you know, not push your luck, and then you get your wide receiver, you know, like Quentin Johnston or something at that one point seven, and then shop Hawkinson for Watson or whatever. Yeah, absolutely, I'm down for that. I think that would be a, a good move personally, and not everybody's going to agree with me. Just know that, but that's how I feel. And, and then this other super chat: any advice on how to trade for Bijan in a redraft? Really, really hard. Um, you've already drafted your redraft. That's hard. That's hard to imagine. Most people don't draft a redraft until August, but, um, if you're talking about just an anticipation problem is people that draft Bijan are going to be so excited about him. It's hard to imagine trading. For, you almost have to trade for the pick that's going to get Bijan. Trading for Bijan will be very, very tough because if anybody takes Bijan from you, they drafted him early. Because you're not going to let him slip past a late first round pick or an early second. So if anybody takes Bijan, they're taking him really, really early. And they're probably going to value overvalue him. But hard, hard to know, bro. I, I would say like, you know, I would trade CMC for Bijan and something. You know, and you probably could get something. I would trade, you know, Tyreek Hill or any of those wide receivers that you would typically see drafted above Bijan. I'd trade those guys for Bijan. Past that, I mean, you almost have to just cut your losses and say, I'm not going to get Bijan in this draft because you have to way, way, way overpay. But uh, specifics matter, Isaac. So if you have a like a scenario, you can run by me. Uh, Smitty, give AJ, B, Watson, Flowers, Sanders, for Amon, Ra, Garrett Wilson, and Goddard. AJ Brown, Watson, Flowers, Sanders, for Amon, Ra, Garrett Wilson, Goddard. Um, 
AJB Watson Flowers. I'd probably take the Amon Ross side. But, I mean, it depends on if you needed an RB, do you need a tight end. But that's 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 a AJ Brown, Watson, Flowers, and Sanders. Miles Sanders could be, uh, I forget if his collusion that said you know could have a good year. I do think he could. But give me give me Amon Rod, Garrett Wilson, Goddard. But depends on your running back situation. What else you got, collusion? So I just wanted to ask you one more thing, and then we get off the line, open it up for somebody else. Well, it's I've open. been drafting a lot of Alvin Kamara lately, um, and I've, and I've been tying. Um, uh, what's his name there? The back, I'm assuming the backup uh, Kendra uh, Miller with yep. him. Do you agree with that, or do you think I'm wasting a spot? No, I love Kendra Miller and Alvin Kamara together. I mean, of course, uh, Jamal Williams has something to say about that, but I don't know that I believe in him being. I don't know worth. The, I mean, you could you could even get all three, but I I think I'd rather just go Kamara and Kendra. They like Kendra a lot. I like Kendra a lot. We love Kendra before the draft, so I'm pre- I'm pretty fine with that. I think Jamal would hold up as the full-time guy. Keep in mind, Jamal did what he did with like this weird usage. It was not something he's going to replicate in New Orleans, New Orleans I don't think. Never All right, man. I'm going to get off the line here to open it up for somebody else. All right. Well, cl- yeah. Cl- appreciate your collusion. Later, pal. All right, bye. And you can call in. I mean, I keep the, open, the lines kind of open like that. So if you want to jump back on. If Bijan falls to me in redraft, I'd be surprised as hell, says uh, Isaac. Bijan is unattainable unless you're in the top five. Depends on who you draft with. Some people call us crazy for drafting him in the top five. I think the, the majority of the world's catching up, though. So, But, yeah, if you don't have a top five pick, you got to trade for the pick, Isaac. I don't think you can trade for the player because anybody takes him in the top five is going to overvalue him, and you're not going to be able to get him. So trade trade for the pick. Yeah, trade for the pick, pal. Um, what else you got, D. Philly? Anything else? I might wrap up the show here. Actually, uh, a little earlier than normal. Not early, but we've been live for almost an hour and a half. But um, what you got? Any final questions? Um, no, not really, bud. Okay. Hey, call in any time, D. Philly. We need to hear more from you. All right. All right. Take care, man. Later, man. All right. Um, what else we got? Phone lines are open for just a minute. Uh, Collusion gifted another 10 memberships. Collusion's an absolute maniac and monster tonight. Uh, collusion to the moon. Thank you, Collusion. Appreciate you, my guy. Uh, what else What else you guys got? Dial in. The phone lines are open for just a few more minutes, and then I'm going to uh, jump a little early tonight. So dial into the show. Dial into the show. Where's my music? There we go. Can you guys hear that? But it's not too too loud. Um, collusion to the moon. Collusion. Thank you. Is that music just right? Little low. Little too high. I feel like it's you can hear it, but it's not too loud. Let me know. Swift is a Hail Mary, though. He's never returned value at any draft capital. Frankie's also very, very young still. Like, it's not like he's been in the league five years, you know. So it's like, you know, two years of not returning value. 
you know, okay. You know, I think he's still got a story to tell. But they traded for him. They traded for him in Philly. They want him there. Collusion, appreciate you. Collusion dropping a 20-wad on screen. Russian collusion. My guy. My guy collusion. Collusion to the moon. To the moon. Collusion says best show ever. You're the you're the monster. Appreciate you, Collusion. Uh for all you do. For all you do. Devontae overvalued. Will Jimmy G drag him down? Absolutely, Max. Overvalued for sure. Not touching him. Devontae will uh, uh Devontae Adams is a, a must of, uh, in my opinion, sorry, Brucey, but a, a total avoid. Total avoid. Now, unless he fell into third round value, I'm avoiding him. I'm not taking him in the second round. There are too many players I like, like Alave, way over Devontae Adams in that situation. I don't blame anybody for wanting to go down that road. Smitty, will Tom Brady be... Being possible minority owner helped the situation there. I don't think so. I don't think uh, a minority owner, in terms of ownership of, of a team having a, a minority share, is really going to affect too much, maybe. I don't know what he's doing with that. I don't know why you'd pick that situation, too. Why would you want to be uh, a minority owner or even majority owner or any kind of owner at all of the, the Las Vegas Raiders? Maybe they turn things around in four or five years. I don't know. Uh, Trying to see if there's another question in here. All right, guys. I will be creating more content. I'll see you all probably. I don't know if I'll go live tonight on any sort of breaking news or not. I'll let you know. But tomorrow's going to be a big day. Tomorrow, a lot of content dropping. I'm going to create some of that content tonight. It's going to drop in the morning. I will see you all tomorrow. Tomorrow will be a big day here on the channel. Lots of stuff dropping. Lots of videos. Maybe the two announcements. Um, announcement number one is is the Vegas. You know, the details behind the announcement are coming. July 15, I'll be in Vegas. I want all of you to show up in Vegas. Also, the Mars Men Club. This is in a aluminum aluminum card there will be 11 of these i will be one of the members but there will be 11 other members that can be mars men members this aluminum card it's like metal aluminum card you'll put in your wallet keep it with you um it comes with a bunch of perks there will be only 11 of them given out sold uh, to be a part of this membership Stay tuned. It comes with a league. The league will be high profile. It will be live streamed every year on the channel. This will not be a renewal sort of thing. It'll be 11 members that always stay in the club. Uh, so stay tuned. And then there might be an additional Moon Men Club that is going to be, in a sense, below the Mars Men. Um, but it'll still be available. And there's all kinds of cool things. But it'll be literally 24 people. And then that's it. 24 people. But the main 11 are going to want to be in this club right here. Stay tuned for that. Appreciate you all. See you on the flip side.
TT will have a birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, early birthday. See you all later. Thank you, Blake. Thank you, D-Town. Thank you, Travis. Thank you for moderating, like always. I'm sorry I don't th say thank you enough to the moderators. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Travis. Uh, D-Class in the building. Brian. See you later, Brian. July 15th, Vegas trip. Appreciate you all. Ethan. Golf, my man. Info to come, D-Town. Info to come. A top five wide receiver hides among the people. His cost of entry is near illegal. Few see him coming. Many stay away. His name is Chris Olave. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Drake, London, and Christian Watson. This is the quad squad, the burn unit, the wolf pack, the four amigos. I give you the four best friends that anybody could have. See you all later, pals. People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it. Get burrowed.